Well, good morning once again. It is good to see all of you out this morning. We're glad that you're here with us. Our lesson for this morning is a continuation, and I, I guess a conclusion. I think we'll do, go on to something else next month. But uh, we've been talking about if I only followed the Word of God, what would I learn about, and you fill in the blank. We've talked about the worship of the church recently. We've talked about the organization of the church and what the Bible says about it. I thought about doing a lesson on the plan of salvation, but we have a, a series of lessons coming up on that in our one word series on Sunday nights. I think I'll save that for uh, that particular time. But our lesson for this morning, if we only looked at the Word of God, what would we learn about God's love and faithfulness to man? As we just sang in the song that was right before the sermon, in the love of God, it, it talked about, there's a, a line in that last verse that talked about if we were to try to write down the love of God, if we were to have all the ink and, and all the paper and everything that we needed to write down the love of God and try to, to write it in such a way that we could fully understand the love of God, it would be impossible. If we were to have all the ink, if it would drain the ocean dry. There's no way that we can fully understand the love and faithfulness of God. But today I do hope to touch at least the tip of the iceberg in studying the love of God. It's important for us to know these things and this is exactly what comes from Scripture. God's love for man is seen in Scripture from the creation of man to the sacrifice of Christ. We see how God has laid out evidence of His love for man in Scripture. God is also faithful in His loving care for man, keeping every promise made to Him and caring for Him in a special way. What does the Bible teach us about God's love and faithfulness to His creation? We're going to begin looking at God's love for man. It's important that we recognize what the Scriptures say about God's love. Uh, one of the, the best illustrations, and this may be better suited for later on in the lesson, but I'll go ahead and use it. Uh, people may ask, how much does God love His creation? How much does He love man? And they say that, that His love for man is seen on the cross. When Jesus stretched out His arm, He loves us this much. And not just this much as in the distance between hand and, and hand, but in that He was on the cross and that He died for man, we see God's love evidenced in Christ's sacrifice for us. But you know, we see God's love in other ways as well. And even though the word love is not mentioned in this passage, we see God's love in creation. His love for His people. Genesis chapter 1, beginning with verse, verse 26, we read this. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. 
Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to him, Be fruit to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said in verse 29, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth. And every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now what does it mean that we are created in the image of God. I don't believe this to be physical image because we understand from John chapter 4 and as we have discussed in lessons past recently that God is, is not in the physical form that we are. We understand that God is spirit. And I believe us to be created in the spiritual image of God. God has dominion over everything. He is the creator of life itself. And so he gives man dominion over everything that he has created. Even though we don't have the, necessarily the strength of all the animals, we think of, of lions and tigers and bears maybe. And we don't have the, the strength that they do, but we do have the intelligence to overcome them. And that's something that, that we have dominion in. God has blessed us with dominion over all of these things. We are created in His image. Something else that we notice from this passage is what is said in verse 31. Then God saw everything that He had made and indeed it was very good up until this point. Up until the creation of man. Everything that God had created was good. But it wasn't until the creation of man that it is said that he saw it and indeed it was very good. It was especially good in, in reference to everything else. What God created was very good. Now, being created in the image of God shows that God loves us. That he loves us. Man, that he loves his creation. And we might think, you know, God is omniscient. He knows everything, doesn't he? God knows everything about man. Look at what David had to say in Psalm 139, verses 1 through 4. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with, acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. 
And as we look at God's creation of man, we might be tempted to ask, was, was he unaware that his creation would turn their backs on him? Filling the earth with wickedness and violence and the pain that this would cause him? We look at Noah, the days of Noah in Genesis chapter 6. And we see the wickedness of man. Verses 5 and 6 of Genesis 6. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. And he was grieved in his heart. Did not God not see that coming? And if he did, why would he create man? Why would he create something that he knew would turn against him? What about Sodom and Gomorrah as we read in Genesis chapters 18 and 19? Not even ten righteous people. Or even five, it seems like. We have Lot's family and that's it. So much evil and wickedness that God saw the need to destroy them. We look at those past and present who choose to reject God and, and even His Son. And did He not see, did He not know that His own Son would eventually die by the hand of God's creation, man. John 3 and verses 16 and 17 tell us of the love that God has for us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Why would God create us? And how does God's creation show His love for man? It's seen throughout the ages of time. We'll look in a moment at how God looked at Noah and Noah found favor in his sight. We'll look at Lot and his family and how they found favor in God's sight despite the wickedness that surrounded them. We'll see why God loved his creation. Even though they, God's creation, even though man sacrificed his son, God still loved us enough to create us knowing all of these things. He knows everything. Though we may not understand why. God, knowing beforehand all that would follow the creation of man, not only created him, but especially blessed him over the animals, the sea creatures, over all living things. And so we see God's love for us in his creation. When man had no way of saving himself from his sins, God was willing to give the life of his son as a sacrifice for him once. For all time. Ephesians chapter 2. And reading beginning at verse 4. 
But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead and trespasses made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us, and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. In 1 John chapter 4, and verse 10, In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us, and sent his Son to be propitiation for our sins. Though we cannot earn our salvation, God willingly gave the life of His Son for mankind. It is by grace, not by our works, not by works of merit, that we are saved. I want to go back to Ephesians chapter 2 that we looked at a moment ago. and let's, This time let's read through verse 10. See the context of what we read earlier. But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves it is the gift of God. Not of works lest anyone should boast. For we are His workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Which God prepared beforehand. That we should walk in them. God loves us. God cares for His creation. Even though He saw what man would do, and I'm sure He saw the death of His Son in the future is the only way of redeeming man, but still He loved us. And He still created us despite what would later happen. He knew that man would make the wrong choices. But he loved us even so. And so we move on from God's love to his faithfulness to man. God's faithfulness to man. God has proven his loyalty to man on many occasions, even in destroying the earth in the days of Noah. And certain cities, such as Sodom and Gomorrah, God spared the righteous. God is faithful to His creation as we see evidence in Scripture. Notice what is said in Genesis chapter 6 of Noah. In verse 8, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Some translations uh, say that Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And in verse 13, And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me. 
For the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark. Even though as a whole man had turned themselves against God, God gave the righteous an opportunity to be saved. Even when God saw no choice other than destroying the earth because of the wickedness that had overcome mankind, he still looked down on Noah and his family with favor. And I wonder, you know, what would have happened to man if Noah had not lived differently than the rest of the world? What if he had been like everybody else? We see that as a great treasure among many. We want to be like everybody else. We see it in Scripture. We see it in the times of the kings. The reason they had kings is because they wanted to be like everybody else. And we see it in our society today. You see, that's a great treasure for many to be like everybody else. They want to fit in. What if Noah had fit in? What would have happened? Would God have destroyed the world completely? Would we even be here today? Had Noah not lived faithfully? I wonder. We see God's faithfulness to man in the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. What if? We look at Genesis chapter 18. Beginning with verse 22, we see that Abraham petitions God on behalf of the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. It says in verse 22, Then the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom. There, there were three men that had come to Abraham, and two of them went their way to Sodom. But Abraham still stood before the Lord. And we do not know exactly who these men were. But we know, do know that throughout this chapter that Abraham is, is said to be speaking to the Lord. And I believe that to be the truth. But Abraham still stood before the Lord. And in verse 23, and Abraham came near and said, Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are fifty righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the fifty righteous that were in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked so that the righteous should be as the, the wicked. For Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? So the Lord said, If I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. And I think Abraham knew that there probably weren't 50 righteous in the city, but he continues on. In verse 27, Then Abraham answered and said, Indeed now I, I who am but dust and ashes have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose there are five less than the 50 righteous. Would you destroy all of the city for lack of five. So he said. If I find there forty five. I will not destroy it. And he spoke to him yet again. And said. Suppose there should be forty found there. So he said. I will not do it for the sake of forty. And he said. Let not the Lord be angry. And I will speak. Suppose thirty. 
should be found there. So he said, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And he said, indeed now, I have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord, suppose 20 should be there. So he said, I will not destroy her for the sake of 20. And he said, let not the Lord be angry and I will speak but once more. Suppose 10 should be found there. He said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 10. So the Lord went his way as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham and Abraham returned to his place. God was faithful to his creation. But he is a just judge and and the cities needed to be destroyed. If, if there could not be found ten people in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah that were faithful to him, that were righteous, they received, they needed to receive justice, and they did. But God was faithful to his creation and that he saved the righteous. He gave them an opportunity to come away from those cities before their destruction. And so Lot and his family were given safety. And speaking of both Noah and Lot and the punishment of false teachers, in 2 Peter chapter 2, beginning with verse 4, it says, For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment... And did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. And delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment and especially those who walk according to the flesh and the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. They are presumptuous, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries whereas angels who are greater in power and might, do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. Now we often criticize Lot for choosing the greener grass. He chose the, the land that, that looked more prosperous. He found it to be a sinful nation, but being in those cities, just by staying where he was, he was vexed. He was tormented, and yet he remained righteous. Righteous in that he did not give in to the evil deeds of these cities. He did not tra transform himself or conform himself to them. But he remained faithful to God, and so faithful, God was faithful to him. God, seeing the righteous among the thorns, if you will, spared them the punishment of those around them, though the people around them deserved the Lord's justice, and that's exactly what they received. Now, even today, for those 
found righteous in a wicked generation, we are promised God's faithfulness to us. In Lamentations chapter 3, verses 21 through 26, This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies are, we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I hope in Him. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him. To the soul who seeks Him, it is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. The faithful were given an eternal prom promise of reward. And even today we see in Scripture... The faithful of the past will promise the reward. And, and this same reward can be ours if we live faithfully as well. Notice what is said in Hebrews chapter 11, beginning with verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland and truly if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better. That is a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God for He has prepared a city for them. For those who live faithfully for God God is faithful to bless as much as those He has blessed in the past. Uh, we look at Abraham, we see that he had to, to wait many years before the, all the blessings that God had promised would come past. Even uh, as far as his descendants, it was something that he never saw personally as a blessing but yet because of Abraham and because of his faithfulness, God promised him these blessings. And ultimately we have the, the blessing of an eternal reward that is promised to all those who live faithfully today. Just as those of the past lived faithfully for God, and this reward would be theirs, eternal life in heaven. That's the same reward that we receive if we continue in faithfulness today. And we see from a scriptural standpoint that God is loving and kind toward His creation. What does man owe God for His love and faithfulness toward us? Do we owe God? Absolutely we do. And what we owe God, I think, can be summed up in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What do we owe God for His love and faithfulness? We owe Him our very lives 
our very existence as a sacrifice of service to Him. For God's sacrifice of love and giving the life of His only begotten Son for us, we owe Him our eternal gratitude. And so I leave you with a question. Do you love God? We know that God loves man. We know that He loves His creation. Do you love God? Seeing that He gave so much for us, we owe Him our very lives, our very existence. Are you living your life for Him? Are you a faithful child of God? If you need to respond to the Lord's invitation, if you're not a faithful Christian, maybe you need to obey the gospel. Maybe you need to be baptized for the remission of your sins. We'll be glad to help you with that. But maybe it is that you've not lived a faithful life. Maybe you need to return to Him. Rededicate your life to Him. Be restored to the Lord's church, to His number. Maybe you need to ask for forgiveness for something that you've done or, or for prayers on your behalf. But if there is any way that we can help you, we give you the opportunity as together we stand and as we sing.